I thought she was going to be back in school by this time. Yeah, well, this is sort of a, a movie magic moment. You're not going to reappear <laughs> in your school. We're just recording like right after each other. Yeah. That's all we're doing. So we're recording questions for this week's Friday's podcast. And you guys will get this podcast. I'll be at RCGP already. So anyway, with all that saying, all that going, we got we got some questions to answer. We got a good guest this week. And I think it's time to drop that intro. See what I mean? That's exactly why people call you arrogant, Max. You may not agree with everything we say, but it's definitely worth a listen. And our pick, can you stop whatever you're doing? Join your host, Leslie the Great, with co-hosts and guests as they get together to chat our city. Hey, after that race that I watched this morning, I have to talk about it. Yes, indeed. Nitro is the glory, but e-buggy pays the bills. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode number 179 of the No Name RC Podcast. You know what? I just realized we're like 21 away from 200. We're going to be at 200 pretty yeah. soon here. That's pretty impressive. Wow. Uh, but yeah, I'm your host, Keenan White, a.k.a. Lefty the Great. And to my immediate virtual left is the man with many nicknames and much hate against him right now the great and wonderful arrogant max what's up arrogant max what what hate shall you spew today upon the teams and manufacturers of rc you know what today i try to be as positive as i can i try to keep all of my negativity as passive aggressive as possible and uh sort of as as sort of um softened as possible Right. I, I think I've been going a bit too hard. People probably it's that HB rear end, that HB rear end from DNC <clears throat> that got you all worked mm -hmm. up. That's what it was. Yeah, you like I, HB's ass. That. That's what it's, you do. It's when <laughs> granted, yes, I do like the rear end of the HB, but um. I think it's just all these big races. So that I'm like, I wish manufacturers put all of their effort into it. Mm -hmm. And when I don't see the effort that they put into it to be all of what they could do, that makes me sort of gets me riled up a bit. So that's my excuse for being a bit more harsh than I usually am. I think. I noticed. But this week, uh, this is our Friday show. And like I said, <laughs> when you guys listen to this and it's come out, I'm actually at RCGP. And I hope a lot of you are watching that with us. Um, 
But uh, we have a lot of questions. We have some questions for you this week. You haven't done any a question segment, the Beach RC Bench Racing Q&A. Uh, last time, Joseph done that, so you had a bunch of questions. And uh, you have quite a few questions as well that we have to get through. But before we get onto all of that, I just want to say some thanks. And, of course, I want to shout out and say thank you to the NNRC squad around the world. We cannot do it without you guys. Simple as that. It's pretty simple. If you guys don't download them uh, and join the YouTube, the YouTube's growing. It's over 2,000, and we're starting to see a lot more views on the YouTube podcast. So I, I see people enjoying them. We want to do more lives and all this stuff, but we need you guys to continue to share this, leave reviews, like I have 5,000 friends. It should be no issue to get, well, 5,000 people on my Facebook and 4,000 plus on the NNRC Facebook. It should not be hard to get that many people on YouTube or more. So if you love RC and you like what we're doing, hit that sub button, hit that notification button, share what we're doing, please. Get us out in the algorithm. There isn't enough people listening to us yet. That's what it is. We've still got a lot more people to get tuned into the NNRC podcast and our shenanigans. So thank you, but thank you to everybody that has supported us from the beginning and continues to support us. Also a big thank you to the patrons of the podcast. Without you guys, life would pretty much suck. So thank you. <laughs> you know that that the money that you guys send and uh, uh, pledge with your money, I greatly appreciate it. You guys got early release of our awesome guest this weekend. I had Matt Olson on her. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but thank you guys. If you wish to be a patron of the podcast, you can. The link is in the written description of the podcast. And thank you to our sponsors and awesome companies. Invisible Speed, probably one of the best tools you can have. Lots of books have been sold. Now try the online course. You will not be disappointed. It's really good. Trust me. Shout out to TZO 200 Tires, Nick Hernandez and those guys. He's, well, he should be here at this time when I'm recording this. I should be with him at RCGP. Uh, they are the spec tire for the RC2 series, and it'd be good to see how they do at SMB. Shout out to High Tech RC for all their support. Greatly appreciate them. TNR Fuels, Beach RC, who I'll be with as well. Techno RC, Mayako, JQSM, G-Spec RC Tuning, Papa Willie's Traction Tonic for your char traction needs, Racecraft USA, Clinic RC, RCGP, House of RC. If you're listening to this on Friday and you want to watch RCGP, please sign up $14.99 to watch it through RCGP's media package. If you want to continue to subscribe after that, then so be it. But at least subscribe for the events. So thank, uh, thank you to House of RC for their time. JTP RC, David Ronnefolk, Alexander Hagberg. Shout out to those guys. And my buddy RC Kevin, who had a good time at the Nats. But yeah, Max, um, we got Matt Olson on this week. Uh, I did chat with Matt Olson back in the day. He's one of the guys who I think is doing some good things in RC. He's super busy. I don't know how he does all that he does. Like the guy is just... He was on BattleBots and he's doing this. And I really enjoy what he's doing with Mod Media. And I can appreciate the amount of work, money, sacrifice, and effort that goes into what he does. Then he has the whole fifth scale stuff that he started out with that he's still going strong with. That guy's like, like I don't know. I told him, I said, I don't know how you have time to do all this type of stuff. But um, uh, definitely a gentleman, a, a young man that's doing some good things in RC, especially with his media stuff. And he's like, I don't make any money yeah. at it. I said, I said, I know, but, uh, you know, just keep going. Stay in the course. It will come. It will definitely come. So... Yeah. He's on this week. We just recapped. I uh, wanted to find out what he's been doing and, you know, talk more about BattleBots, which he was involved in, which he liked. So thank you to Matt Olson of Mod Media and Matt Olson Designs for his time. I think it was a good chat with him. 
you guys can enjoy that later on but you know what we have a lot of beach rc bench racing q a questions to get through and i think we're just gonna i don't have any news or anything i'm just gonna get into these questions and i want to say big shout out to brent beach they're national champions with ultimate racing congratulations to them uh let's see what they can do here at rcgp and um yeah they got a local hero and a young guy so let's see what goes on but thank big shout out to them thank you for their support and remember guys uh yeah show beach rc some love because we have an affiliate link that uh, we get a little slice of BeachRC.com, the racer's one-stop online hobby shop. Choose from all the popular brands and variety in stock with super fast shipping and great customer service. BeachRC.com still has the local hobby shop feel with all the benefits of the internet. BeachRC.com is the exclusive distributor for Ultimate Racing, JQ Racing, Pro Circuit Racing Tires, Nitro Lux Fuels, and Assault RC Performance Products. So fill up your cart and check out at BeachRC.com today. Thank you to Brent. Thank you to Lucas for your help. I had to put my glasses on because I'm getting old and the writing on my phone <laughs> is starting to get smaller. So uh, thank you for their support. Remember, guys, there's an affiliate link for this. If you help us out, use that. If you got a little bit of a little slice of that and it really helps us out. So, Max, we have quite a few questions. And I think you'll probably have to go science man on a few of these. So, yeah, let's get cracking. Oh, wow. Zach Rodriguez, how much of an effect does the difference in weight bias between nitro buggy and e-buggy, brick layout in particular, have on the setup handling of the car with respect to one another? I've noticed that if I, if I run the same setup on my nitro electric, the e-buggy has a lot more steering, especially to turn on turn in. There you go. All about e-buggy. There you go. Yeah, so I think I think for e-buggy the biggest difference is the fact that it has drag brake most of the times. If you if you tune the speedo, it will have some sort of drag brake. That will introduce a lot of steering, especially slow speed. High speed steering, not that much. Slow speed steering quite a bit. Um e-buggies generally are more front heavy, which do make the car steer better on low speed, do reduce uh, sort of rear end grip loss so the car is more balanced but to me it's a bit bit of a hard question to say if it's about the weight balance about the drag brake what makes the bigger difference because if you run 10 scale you obviously know that two three percent of drag brake can make a huge difference in how the car handles so that could be it just on its own but it could be that the fact that e-bug is much more closer to 50-50 in weight balance, that that will make the difference. But both, in my opinion, do make a difference. The e-bug is slightly heavier. If you run shorty packs, you can get it down to say, say same weight as nitro. So if you run shorties, your weight balance is shifted forwards, but it's the same weight as nitro. You have a bit more drag brake, so you have the car calm down a bit more. In slower space corners, especially high speed, you get the car to calm down. It doesn't in increase steering that much, but it calms it down a bit, the drag brake, I feel. So both of those factors play a role. Hard to say which one is the more dominant one, but uh, I, I've run a nitro buggy, which is more forward uh, balance and a more rear balance, and it's pretty clear 
that the forward balance car has more control, more stable steering. The rear end doesn't throw out as easy. But in my opinion, the weight balance reduces the extra effects of, like if you have a weight balance that 50-50 versus let's say 54, 53 rear, and then 47, 48 front, like that weight balance more often than not will reduce rear grips in landing, will reduce drivability, and will make the car harder to control when something happens, when it hits a bump or whatever happens. But it will feel like the rear end is more supported. So in my opinion, it doesn't directly introduce steering, but preciseness and control of the car. More 50-50 weight balance I'm talking here. Drag brain, on the other hand, is the one that, in my opinion, introduces the steering. So my hypothesis is that the drag brake is the factor that gives your e-buggy more steering. But yeah. both factors help you in drivability, and that's why also with the additional power, obviously, with the e-buggy e engine, e-buggy motor, rather, that's why you're faster with your e-buggy, most likely. Okay. Cool. Next question is from Chris Trudeau, and he says, I understand not, that not every track can carry every brand of RC car and recognizing parts of availability. If a track owner is sponsored and their track only seems to carry for such said car, does that help or hinder the hobby by limiting competition? He says, I also understand that the shop is free to carry any product that they want, but isn't competition rivalry healthy? He asked, do manufacturers give kickbacks to track owners for exclusive, exclusively promoting their products over another? He says, this was also another observation I made at a local track uh, where the parts war was dominated by one brand only. He goes, however, at, a non -track at, at the non-track affiliate hobby shop, I can find several competing brands, more so 10th scale versus 8th scale. I don't know. I, I just think like, because RC and everybody wants to be a part of a team at some point, there's going to be track owners that are going to push. I mean, where else, what, what a better place to push your brand than at the track that you own. So I would do the same mm -hmm. thing, I guess, but to bring in competition, I think, I don't know. Like if you're a hobby I mean, shop, that's going to cater to everybody that needed to bring brand different parts in and all that type of stuff. And you want a plethora of people running different cars but i guess it also depends on the market there as well i mean is there enough yeah, people to support I've, many people yeah i've personally worked at a hobby shop and uh, seeing how much they pay for some brand parts and if they have a deal with a specific brand like for example the hobby shop i worked at there is no reason at all for them to try to push any other brand that's associated because the prices they have for them the amount of stuff they can order for them the the sort of the relationship they have mm -hmm. with associated because they are the distributor for finland it's there is no absolute reason for them to sell any other brand really even though they have distributorship of other brands like 
that's the that's most likely a deal with a lot of hobby shops. The fact that they might know someone from a specific brand or they have a sponsored driver or whatever, and they can get a deal of they can order parts and okay, my camera died. Yeah, don't worry. We just look at webcam utility while we do this. Yeah. So either way, um, a lot of these hobby shops probably get a deal with a brand they they have some sort of affiliation with, mm -hmm. and that's why they sell one brand. I don't think it's like these hobby shops are barely getting by, so they yeah. just try to get what they have most profit off of. It's not like hobby shops are the one you should be looking at what's destroying the hobby or what's looking good for the hobby. Hobby shops are the ones that are trying to stay alive. Mm -hmm. It's the big big shops like A Main. Uh, I mean, perhaps someone, something like Beach RC or Absolute Hobbies. I don't really know their situation these days, but like yeah, Beach, but Beach actually has like a track, these. a physical yeah. hobby shop. You go there, they have parts for everything, but that's a bigger yeah. hobby shop i think what this guy's talking about yeah. he, he's up in the pacific northwest and they have some specific tracks like that may just be yeah. specific yeah, yeah. for yeah. some for some people like i think like joe pillars track that he's at like everybody runs associated there yeah. or they ran yokomo yeah. but you got to understand like when you have somebody like joe pillars or somebody like that pushing that of course he's going to get people to run that and get people to you know if he's involved mm -hmm. with a track like that to run what he's pushing uh it's yes. i don't i don't know what the answer is to this because i guess really there isn't excuse me <clears throat> let's be honest so what are we looking at in 10 scale chassis op, uh options we have ae tlr schumacher x-ray pretty much right that's about it mm -hmm. yokomo yeah you know yeah it's not yokomo like eight scale i guess you could have that much. yeah and I, I mean how many people are there with schumachers like, you know what I mean? Is there, yeah. is there 25 people with Schumacher's there that warrants having Schumacher parts there? Or is there two guys there for Schumacher and you need to have a whole wall? So yeah, like, and of course that track owner is gonna push people to the team that he's a part of because it makes him look like, hey, look, I've, you know, everybody's running this. So I understand Chris's point is like, is that infiltrating and, and poisoning the hobby shop part of it? But man i don't know i wouldn't want to be having no hobby shop right now that's for sure yeah yeah right. i mean the thing is i think if it's a small hobby shop they do what they need to do to stay alive mm -hmm. if it's a bigger one then you can have your grievances about them but most of these big ones sell whatever they get to sell like yeah, I like, don't. I don't know of any any hobby shop who doesn't sell almost all brands. And not only that, like, like you look ones, at some other ones. some other companies might have a, a limit. Like I know Horizons, like you have to spend such and such amount of money every month and all that stuff. Maybe some some shops can't. Well, with Horizons it's a little different because they have all this this bash and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, the it, Horizon is a bit because it's kind of like Traxxas where it's not like racing brands. Traxxas is like, actually in my route this afternoon, so. Yeah, they we have a little rant again, right? Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're going to talk about that. All right, let's okay. move on. Um, so we see this new engine company called Nova Engines coming out of Italy. Um, it's it's the same town as Nova Ross. It's just the other side of the small town. 
Okay, so it's safe to start. I asked the question because they're like, hey, people's asking are these Novo Rossi engines. The answer I got from them was we have the same technicians as Novo Rossi. Now, yeah. so some people know. What I heard was people who worked at Novo Rossi <clears throat> okay. formed a co-op. So they basically put up a new company between the people who work in the previous company. Mm -hmm. So all of them own the company. It's a shared company between all of the people who worked at Nova Rossi who wanted to continue with this one. So it's basically the same people, new company, new facility, but yeah, same, they should but be doing similar stuff. Most likely, yes, because, okay, I don't want to be too political here, but co-ops and sort of these democratized uh, organizations have proven to work better than sort of the um, more conventional company hierarchies. Mm -hmm. So most likely Nova Rossi or Nova engines, what they call it these days, will do mm -hmm. better than the Nova Rossi used to. Okay, interesting. I know a lot of people are happy about it. I wouldn't mind having some Nova engines. I hope they oh, make a- me too. I'm super I, excited. I hope they make a budget type P5 again, one of the most popular engines ever. All right, Um, that was from Paco Tapate, my co-host of uh, NNRC Espanol. Thank you, Paco. Brett Ryan, why are all the wing mounts going higher when when there are so many holes in the wicker part of the wing? I think I can I think we had a whole argument about holes and or debate about holes in wings, yeah. but go ahead, answer the wing mount question. That is that is interesting. Why why we are making the wings higher up when we are sort of maxing out on downforce already? I'm kind of starting to believe that these guys are feeling the weight being higher up, helping them. Mm. Because, let's be honest, I have yet to see an 8-scale wing which is aerodynamically anywhere reasonable. Like, you don't have any wing going, any uh, airflow going below the wing, which is very much needed to make the wing work properly. Um, you just have a sort of a, a straight wing and then a 90 degree corner rounded off where you have their like produced drag mostly. Mm -hmm. So I think the fact that the wing is mostly producing drag rather than downforce is making people want to have the wing as forward as possible. So the drag is produced more forward in the car so it's not only affecting the rear tires and it's produced higher up where the wing sort of calms down the car because the roll motion of the car is a bit calmer thanks to the weight bias and such i think that is the main reason why the wings are brought higher up and then the holes are just made because the drag of the wings are so high so that the car would jump relatively good so it's sort of doing a lot of things at the same time that fight against each other and then trying to find a balance at the end. And then this is what we, we ended up with. But I personally liked a lot having the wing higher up. I don't, I don't necessarily know what it is about. And I tried the T-Works wing, which is basically HP wing with the holes. And I did prefer it over the AE wing. 
if there's something about it i need to try more this year i'll i'll try to make a few of my own modifications try to find out what is actually the deal with the wing that makes this stuff happen but i'm the wing forwards and the wing high is definitely good uh the holes in the wing i need to confirm and the size of the wing the weight of the wing all of that i need to still confirm but wing forward wing high is definitely better to drive the car is more drivable predictable the rear end is more calm and i like it much better that way okay john wolf he wants to know what is the current split of eu versus american drivers in rcgp and could it be possible to run a eu versus american cup within the rcgp series so may, so maybe top five of drivers score points well let's see the first race we have let's count how many americans well let's count the europeans so we have zankatin ronafalk burton lee martin so we only have four. Oh, hampus five well david uh, david is obviously european i said that i said ronafalk Oh, sorry, sorry, okay. Ronafalk, Zankatin, Hampus, Lee, and, Ricard and Ricky, Ricardo. That's five. That's the least amount of Europeans has been in there. Then you got... Um, yeah, that's not a lot, actually. I thought it yeah, that's the least amount. Then you got Joe Bornhorst, Heckert, Lime, Bale, Cody. Come on, I'm missing somebody here. Brandon Rose at six. Horn and, and Horn, uh, Tollard. Tollard. So that's eight. So it's eight and five going here. But I don't think I think it's gonna square up when they go over. It's gonna be more Europeans when they go over to no, Europe. It, it has to it's fifteen drivers, so there's you missing. No, 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 but I think points. that the the drivers will change. I don't think they're gonna send Hackert to America or Bornhorst to America. We'll see, unfortunately. We'll see. Okay. I, I don't know. I don't know if that could be done because I don't know if all the racers it could be eventually when like Teams agree to send, like, hey, we're gonna send these two guys to every race. Yes, but um, they aren't at that point. But at some point, they can be. I think. Yeah, I think I'm very disappointed at the lack of commitment by some of these teams because, mm. being honest, I I don't see the reasoning. For the lack of commitment they do spend quite a bit of money on the entry alone mm -hmm. because they are getting a lot out of it if they just sort of go full in take all out of the media work they can get right i get it like the media day the appearance yeah like not attending the media day like it's it's ridiculous i yeah. get that and I, but, I, I like not everything's i get i understand what you're saying i get it yeah it's it's unfortunate but i think these guys are putting in quite a bit of money just for entry and and contrib contributing for this series yeah like i wouldn't know i wouldn't it, understand why you wouldn't want to get the most out of it yeah it's like sending your number two guys in what's going on like why like yeah. i mean i get budget whatever but if you're spending a lot of money already why are you then second guessing yourself yeah the point is that to win i don't this. get like the point yeah is to win and this. like like 
unfortunately, it's looking like David's going to dominate the series. Well, they're treating it, you know what it is? I think they're treating it like it's just another regular RC race and not a series. Exactly. They they are treating it like like a new RC race when mm -hmm. it's new, completely different thing than what we've seen in the past. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. All right, next question. Chris Oxley. Was the person who designed the broggy body drunk when he did so? <laughs> no, he was actually doing the right thing because <laughs> Chuggy as a class doesn't really have any rules. Well, any any sort of even buggy rules are very vague. So he didn't have any restrictions on him. And when he designed the body, he understood that there is no point in making a body where 50% of the airflow goes below it, rather make 100% of the air go, airflow go above it. So if you think in at least any way in scientifically, <laughs> the Bragi body is what makes the most sense. Now, if you think of the integrity of the Chuggy class, then it's ridiculous. But any class in RC, and Chagi class specifically, in my opinion, if you look at the rules, doesn't have any integrity or any sort of ways to keep that integrity alive. So can't really blame him. I mean, I can't believe I'm praising the techno engineers for making a car that works, but they did. They did something that massively improved, in my opinion, the Chagi car. Okay, cool. All right. Um, next question. Are we finished? I, and the broggy bodies are here to stay. Like, yeah. Roar did nothing about it. Roar is the only one, sort of, in the world apart from BRCA, who really care about Chuggy, because no sensible people really run Chuggy. Just Americans do. <laughs> and you had care. to go there, didn't you? <laughs> you just dislike Chuggy so much. <laughs> No, but I mean, I'm enjoying that because I, I gotta be honest, I do enjoy the braggy look better than the truggy look. And I'm just enjoying the fact that Americans who defended truggy for so long are now pissed at the whole class. Right, because I'm, the point like, was it to look like a truck and now... Yeah, exactly. Like, like the re I've, I've been talking shit about the class since forever because in my opinion, it's pointless and doesn't add anything into RC at professional level again please understand the fact that at club level for yes. hobbyists you can enjoy whatever you enjoy in rc you can enjoy uh stadium truck like nitro stadium truck you can enjoy four-wheel drive 10 scale like truck that techno did all of that stuff i embrace and uh, applaud people for enjoying and having their fun in RC. But for professional level, for people say, oh, Chuggy matters for professionals, Chuggy needs to matter for professionals, I'm very happy that they're now mad at Bruggy. And personally, I don't have any issues with Bruggy buddies. I think the closer that the Chuggy class gets to the Buggy class, the better, because it's going to save time and money by the manufacturers. So, yeah. I, Why do you think like I the buggy class is just gonna eventually become the buggy class? 
Yeah, I mean, at some point, the bodies will evolve where it's such going to be a long and a wide buggy. So basically, you don't really need to do anything. And then at some point, manufacturers are going to give even less shit about it than they do at the moment. <laughs> I, I actually don't think that's going to happen. I think we're going to have... I If they had a, a, a truggy or whatever it's called, truck, buggy, truck, let's call it set... I don't know. If they had a world right now, people would it would matter. It doesn't have a world, so it doesn't really matter on a professional yeah, level. Yeah, that's that's the issue that's where the it's the tires are so expensive where it's never gonna be a thing in Europe. And uh it's it's not gonna be a world class until it's a thing in Europe because Ephra most most certainly controls what happens in Ifmar. So yeah, I I don't see a way for Chuggy to improve. And if this Broggy craze destroys Chuggy in America, I don't know. I mean, I am. So you're hoping that it destroys Chuggy. You're just hoping that it destroys. You're like Jakey. You're hoping that it dies. Well, I have to tell you something. It's not dying in E Chuggy's world. So just get over it. It's not going anywhere. I mean, I'm not, I'm not like, I don't like, I'm going to be honest here. I don't really care either way, but I'm not, I, can't I can't bring you're saying. myself Don't... to be right. disappointed at the Broggy thing, you know? Like, I can't be like, oh, I'm so sad that Broggy makes Chuggy look something different. Like, it's not looking <laughs> like a Chuggy anymore. Like, I can't, like... Because you didn't I'm care. I'm going to be honest. I, don't, I, I didn't care to start out with. At this point, I care even less. <laughs> like, that's the thing, like... <laughs> All right. I, I mean, I'm sorry if I'm offending someone here, but... Like, I'll tell you how much Max does not like Truggy. I threatened his life at PNB to go run Truggy and he wouldn't go run. It's like he drove yeah, one practice run. It's like, I'm not driving this thing. I was like, go out there and drive a Truggy. No. Yeah. Well, my engine. I'm getting my got, money back. My engine got the fuck with that dirt too. as well. That too. So <laughs> it's, it was a big thing. But like, the thing is, I don't really hate Truggy. I just don't give a shit. You know, it's like, <laughs> like, that's what what people sometimes like don't i don't think people sort of understand that part i don't like i don't if if i see someone driving around the track with a chuggy i don't i don't have any feeling towards it like i don't i and i think especially like if i see a friend or like the top guys like i don't really give a shit run if the people run chuggy but you're like a soulless human you have no feeling for chuggy whatsoever it's like a dead spot yeah it's 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 like in my opinion the whole class is a waste of time for professionals but i i do if someone came up to me and was like hey i really love chuggy and i'm having issues with setting up the car i definitely gonna help because i'm for people having fun in rc and i don't really Mm -hmm. care what class they run when someone comes up to me like hey this is a five-time chuggy national champion i'm like yeah and so what (laughs) You know, like that's that sort of you're my... just gonna blanket that person's dream, like right there. Yeah, like <laughs> I don't, I don't care. I get your class point. I get professionally, your point. but I do care people having fun with this class if they. Yes, do, I get what you mean. Do, so. I get what you mean. I get it. Jared Tebow, did JQ pay up for all his bets before DNC? I don't <laughs> think he. I don't think he beat any of the drivers he was comp- claiming to beat. He was pretty confident he was gonna put. Put it to Joe Bornhorse, and I didn't say G- JQ got TQ or second in the Pro Nitro buggy main. And he goes, and he puts up that and does a face palm. 
at last. Well, I can confirm that JQ has paid none of his bets and his excuses. We didn't shake on anything because at this point, I'm pretty sure JQ owes me some money for bets. <laughs> And he urged Anthony Westergaard, but then he'll say, we didn't shake on it. He was too scared to shake on it. But JQ, I shook on it, and I want my money. Yeah, you two, you two shook on it, so he at least owes you. Yeah, I think it was like, he was like, I'm going to beat Joe Warnhorst. I said, you ain't going to beat Tyler Hooks. And he wouldn't have beat Tyler Hooks. <laughs> and I think he and I think he would. That's he, actually and he perfect would. that he said it, because <laughs> he was beating Joe Warnhorst who ended up finishing second, and Tyler Hooks, I don't know where he ended up, but like. He didn't he race. He didn't race. Much. Okay, okay, okay. But he would have beat Joe. He would have beat JQ. That's my opinion. Um, um, most likely not. But I mean, these guys would have been probably racing though. But JQ's JQ's fast time. JQ, JQ, let me tell you something. JQ's car looked good. That's about it. Yeah. Jake and Skill, he's still the best one-arm bird drinking driver I've ever met. One-handed. He's extremely talented at driving sort of any car you give him, and he's driving. Almost any car, like, like he can. Like it's 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 he's a very talented driver to just keep the top car on his wheels, but I think his driving style is stuck in like 2006, <laughs> where cars used to be much heavier, much like. More he's too little. careful. He's too careful. He's way too careful, and he drives like a robot at times. He does. Yeah, he does. Like, I don't want to say grandma, but that's sort of what he does. He. I like him when he's throwing whips when he. He's very good at throwing whips, though. It's he can it's do one-handed. He's, he's like a you know, like you know those grandmas who sometimes get rowdy and do stuff. Joseph is like that, but when it's his day, he can be fast, though. So yeah. I don't really want to. It hasn't been his day much. for quite some time. So. No, but I mean club races. Yeah, like yeah, he's yeah. beat people at like club races a lot. We call so him we can, Captain Club Race now. I mean, he if Joseph really put his mind into it he could become a better version actually not helping with this whole situation here the situ the thing is to deter him from racing so not oh, racing no, i do want to i want to do that but i i want to make him make him just race club races because he could become a better version of drake where he doesn't even race the big ones he just races the small ones jake you should stick to driving racing people one-handed while drinking a beer and throwing whips like that that's oh, 100%. I, I'd like to see that happen. Like, just one year, every race he went to, he would have to be drinking a beer and racing one-handed. He's that actually he's really good at it. He's got this big he's, hands. He's insanely good at it. He is. He is very good at driving one-handed. All right, Adam Ross. We got a question from Adam Ross up in Canada. How are you doing out there in Canada? S-Works, gentlemen? Canada. Canada. Why <laughs> would you run CVDs over conventional over cvds over conventional drivetrain i even heard that some just run them in either either front or rear can you please talk about mm. some of the pros and cons and when you would use this tuning option okay i gotta clear something up because i made the, i make this mistake a lot of times cars like associated mugen um i believe s works too no s works runs universals but associated Megan, the drive shafts they run are called CVAs because the joint is inside the uh, axle. If the joint is outside the axle, that's CVD. That's okay. what I. I, I did not know that. You know, I did not know the difference. You know, yeah. CV. I thought they're just C captured CVDs. 
So yeah, so the CVA is the more accurate term for it. So basically, the CVA versus a universal. The difference is that the universal is more smooth. It has less friction, less resistance to to sort of uh, angling up on drive. So when you throttle up, the more friction inside the CVA will try to keep the drive shaft straight, whereas the universal will have less friction, and that sort of straightening up effect will be a lot, of, lot smaller. You can't really feel it that well. You still feel it, and different lengths of universals have huge differences between them, thanks to the friction differences and the angle differences and all of that. There's way too much to go into. But basically... Axle plunge? Most... Axle plunge, yeah. I just wanted That's... to say axle plunge. Yeah, whisper into the mic so people, people can axle. really feel it. Axle plunge. <laughs> yeah. So... The axle punch you get with with the drive shafts is is the friction is higher with the CVA. So basically, on on reality, what you get most of the times, bumpy track, slow speed, universals all around is better. Um, some cars prefer universals out front, CVAs in the back. So you keep up corner speed thanks to the rear end sort of being more stable, more calm on power as the drive shaft will sort of stiffen up the rear end. And the front end will still have a lot of turning thanks to the fact that there isn't a lot of friction in the drive shaft. So when you have full lock, the drives just aren't trying to straighten up. So that is sort of a setup which associated cars I'd say cars like even HP probably would be really good. HP, I don't think, has the CVA option. But if they did, I think that would be a really good one to, for them to have. And then full CVA is sort of a high grip, high speed, mellow corners option where the car just locks up really well, has a lot of corner speed, doesn't have as nimble of an as effect. So that... Sort of, especially if you have bumps, a lot of the times universal will be good. When you have a higher speed, the CVAs will, thanks to the friction, will calm down the car on power. It will not move around as much, it will be keep more stable. So that's something you often look for in the CVAs. And in my opinion, if it's smooth, if it's high speed, then CVAs all around, no questions asked. If it's a little bit more diverse, it's high speed, but it has tight corners. It has a little bit of bumps. It's low grip or something like this. Then universals out front, CVAs in the rear. And if it's like any sort of West Coast American track, except for Joey's 90 degree corner tracks, then go for universals all around. That's sort of my guidelines I'd go, go about. A lot of times the feeling thing, some people just like the feeling of universals making the car move around a bit more, making it more nimble. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people like the fact that the CVAs stiffen up the car, give you a lot more corner speed. So you can go either way, which you prefer, but both have their benefits and losses. But that's basically sort of the main thing spot. Well, I learned something there. I learned what CVAs are. 
<laughs> you listen to the first 30 seconds yeah i no i under, i just you know when you go in your science mode stuff i kind of yeah out. jamie docking what's up jamie uh i race an e-buggy on astro when the track gets really grippy grip roll can be an issue i'm already running the stiffest springs at 25 millimeter ride height what's the next thing to look at in my setup sway bars Sway bars, yes. But before going into sway bars, I looked at roll centers really. So when you lower your roll centers, especially raising your upper link, which reduces the jacking force a lot, in my opinion, that is a lot more beneficial way of reducing grip roll. Because you could be running the softest springs you find, you could be running the softest roll bars you find, but if you roll centers, and especially if you're upper link is as high as possible roll center as low as possible and upper link as high as possible so that the jacking force is minimized you your car won't grip roll so so basically what you're looking for like if i can do it because you want the car so you're gonna have your links like that kind of kind that. of yeah so, so this will be the like, link on the on the shock tower and the link it will be more at an angle like that yeah so, what, so what that kind of does instead of just um where you get let correct me if i'm wrong but this is what i'm thinking so instead of where jackson gets to that point where it all just does that and then it flips yeah. over it, it's much more that angle creates much more roll that exactly. you can you can get away with in the so instead of it just being like a quick snap like that it's like so it's angled like this so it's like it rolls yeah, slower exactly. is that does that so, make sense yeah it, it definitely okay. makes sense and that's exactly what happens when you have the link so that it's very low on the tower it starts to pull the car up so mm. when it starts to pull the car up obviously the car wants to be pushed down so when the grip on the tire is very high it pulls the car up the car itself wants to go down and then when the grip on the tire is too much it just snaps the car over mm. but when you have the link very up high on the tower it doesn't really want to pull the link it rather just wants to roll the car and that sort of loses that snap effect then you have much more time to react you have much more time for the car to roll obviously you're going to lose a bit of corner speed you're going to lose a little bit of grip with this so the way you do it is you balance it with having stiff springs you balance it between having less towing for example if you want a car to steer more you want to balance it between having stiff roll bars, stiff diffs, and then having this sort of roll centers very low. And do it by raising the link first. And if you want a bit more stiffness in the car, you can raise the arm as well. This way, in my opinion, you will achieve a car which is, it isn't too stiff, so it goes well over small bumps. Especially in Astro, you will have that. I believe you're somewhere in Europe. Can't remember your name, but I imagined you'd be somewhere. I think in it's in the UK. Yeah, UK Astro is definitely bumpy. So you want to have suspension that's quite soft. You want to have some droop. You want to have soft springs, soft roll bars to to hand to make the car handle better over bumps. So you want to look for ways to cancel the grip roll other ways and. 
uh, you, which car did he say he drove? I no, think he didn't said mention he, which car he drove. He didn't mention. Okay, but first thing I do, raise the link. If you're running a link car, raise the link, front upper link and rear upper link. Just raise it on the tower, like one hole, two holes, how much you want to try. But try that first, and then after that, see what you want to do. If you're running a car with an upper arm, it's gonna be harder because the range isn't that big. So the front end is going to be a bit tough, but yeah, just raise upper links. Or if you're running a, a car with an upper arm, raise upper arm as well. But that's going to be something that's going to give you more trust in the car. That's going to give you much smoother time. If you're running a C-hub car, you can try racing the hub as well if that's possible. So just race the front hub up. And in the rear end, sometimes it helps you by racing the rear hub. But if you're running a Mugen or an AE, uh, where if you race the hub, it races like a five millimeters, that's too much in my opinion. If you're running some car which has these like bushings, which you can adjust by one or two millimeter spacings, uh, racing the hub, rear hub can help you too. But oftentimes if your car is struggling in other ways, like the roll center is too high, mm -hmm. that time you will have the car slide around and then stick suddenly, and then it's gonna grip roll again. So you want to, in my opinion, focus on the roll center first, match that with anti-roll bars and springs, and then move on to like racing the hops and such to get you over the bumps better if that's that's the thing you still need. Um, I think he runs at Agama. I think he runs in Agama, it looks like. Um, he actually okay. races at Endor, which is like, I believe, an all Astro track in, in the UK. So. Okay, so yeah, but race the links on the towers. I could be wrong. Any, but this, this this sort of advice applies to anyone who runs on Astro, really. Uh, don't go too stiff on roll bars and diffs straight out, because that's not really your issue. Because your car is grip rolling because there's too much force in the tire. And what you're doing by stiffening up your roll bars and, and springs, you're just applying more force on the outer tire so that's just more force to make your car grip roll at the end of the day it will help you because your car will be standing more upright but in in sort of theory and in in making the car work properly that's not really a way to make the grip roll disappear that's just making a way for you to lose grip and not gain most of it yeah, so yeah, upper links higher. If you need it, raise the lower arm. If you need more stiffness in the car after raising the upper links. Um, but yeah, you could you definitely, if you're racing an Astro or something, you need to run stiffer roll bars and stiffer springs. That's a no brainer in my book. Um, but yeah, it's a, it it's might a, be a Nagama. Astro, yeah. Astro is a very sort of it's a very different beast to anything else. So it's not something I could explain in, in one question, but like I have never run Astro that much that I'd sort of be, that would be so natural for me. But that's, those are the things I do when I go to Astro. And those are the things I always did when I went to high group track, those very abrasive or bumpy or all of that, which Astro gotcha. most likely is. Gotcha. Great question, Doc. Uh, Jamie, I, I think it was Agama. It had an Agama wing on it. Um, it had black shock towers that were chamfered. So I don't yeah. know. It was it was C-Hub. So it definitely looks like an Agama. 
All right, our last question comes from Instagram. Uh, do you have any uh, Discord questions? Can't remember of any. Okay, I mean, well, I'll look after this, uh, and then we'll wrap this up. What by S Richter sixteen? What are some of what are the biggest mistakes newbies make with learning Nitro? I'm gonna say one of my two of my biggest mistakes I see with people that run Nitro. They're getting advice from bad people, from people just cars that don't run right. Because everybody's got that nitro guru guy who knows everything at their track, right? And I think people really underestimate clutch maintenance. So my two advice, my two, my things of advice to any nitro racer is go, if you see a guy out there and his car never flames out and he's, his car always looks good and it sounds great, go learn how to tune from that guy. You know what I mean? Because he should, he should be able to be able to tune any motor if his car sounds like that. Also, don't get caught up on, I, you have to have a $600 engine. You don't. Get a cheaper engine to learn, a cheaper but decent engine to learn one. And also, don't, I see this, I think people ask too many people. Ask one person that you trust or a couple of people that you trust and go from there. And don't give up because it's difficult. You're going to have flame outs. You're going to have this. It's not like e-buggy. So you gotta, it's something you gotta learn. You gotta wanna learn. And also I would say check out Joseph's video too, cause it's really good about tuning oh, engines. Yeah. And um, just learn, absorb as much knowledge as you can because Nitro is a learning curve. You never stop learning. And it's about preparation. Like if you think you're clutch, like it's, it's, it's just more work. Like you have so much more moving ingredients and you have to make sure all of that's working properly. Make sure your linkage is set up right too. Oh, that's yeah. I was one that. big mistake I always that, see is linkages yeah. aren't set up properly. Yeah, that was my sort of first thing: throttle and steering, mm-hmm. throttle and brake your brakes, and steering, all of that. Like every time I someone says my car is handling weird, that's always what I do first: check right. brake, check throttle, check steering, because ninety percent of times, even with people who have been running nitro for many years. Set it up completely wrong. And after I fix it, they go out on track and say, oh, oh my God, this is so much better. So like that is, in my opinion, the number one thing. Check that your linkage is set up like the other guys are. If you don't know how to set up, like if you're running an AE, ask someone who's running your AE at your track. If you're running another brand, ask someone who's running your brand at the track. If you're running brand like Mayako, where you can ask, ask on a Discord, ask on a Discord. So... Yeah. Like that is like set up your linkage properly. That is the first thing, in my opinion. Second thing is obviously the engine. And my sort of thing is if you are a guy who's starting out, buy a cheap engine that you know works. Something like the SH is a perfect example because it works with all other people I've heard from. Alpha used to be good in back of the day can't speak for it today i don't really know the sh seems to be a one which would be super easy to tune it should work pretty well when you've gotten used to nitro a bit more buy a race engine separately so buy something like an os and when you buy a good engine like an os use good fuel so don't use some shitty fuel you buy from like use fuel like like in europe i i recently really liked hot race uh, sorry, hot fire fuel that has been very good for me. Runner time seems to be good too. 
some people say it's a bit better than hot race some scenes some see people say that hot fire is better than runner time uh in america i can't really say what's the best fuel uh i mean some people run vp pro i don't really know if it's good or not but run a good fuel find out what's the good run tnr fuels because they're sponsored yeah, the podcast and their fuel is yeah. good <laughs> I guess I, I've never run their fuel, so I don't really know it personally. But I mean, they put a lot of effort into it, so I'd I'd expect it to be good. Um, All right. So run a good fuel, and when you run a Noah's engine, please, please heat it up before you fire it up. Like every single time, like my OS engine, I have never started it below like eighty degrees Celsius. In its lifetime, that engine has never been fired up below 80 degrees Celsius, which is like, I don't know, over 150 in Fahrenheit, I think. So, like, make sure preheat you heat it. up, preheat your engine every time you fire it up. If you buy a shitty $200 engine, then I don't really care because those aren't going to be good either way. But if you buy a good engine, take good care of it. Use good fuel. Preheat it, change glow block so that the glow block doesn't break inside it and break everything inside it. Mm. Uh, any engine you use, buy OSP3s or P4s and you'll be good. Don't buy some shitty glow blocks. And uh, yeah, that's those are the things I'd say to most Nitro people. And please clean your cars, refresh your cars, look look at the cars that it nothing is like sort of breaking. So, just sort of check your engine an screws. Yeah, check your engine screws too. Yeah, just like check everything's good. Brake linkage, engine, clutch, as Keenan said. I think that's about it. You'll be good. Yeah, and get yourself a good tool, a good tuning screwdriver. Yeah, and that's gonna make your life a lot more nicer. One more question, and then we're out. Nathan Gender. With most of the top cars sharing certain design concepts, what's your favorite aspect of the new Mayako car, Max? Oh, wow. So the new aspect, the, well, sort of something completely different is the fact that you can actually have a pillow ball design as a C-hub. So now you get the KPI angle of a pillow ball, but you can tune it, tune the upper link length, you can tune the height of the hub, you can tune the offset, everything pretty easily. So that's something I think is sort of revolutionary about it, even though people probably don't understand it properly. But what is what was the question specifically? Did he ask something? What was the... You're on mute. You're still on mute. I don't know what's going on, but no, no, I muted myself because this lady was singing outside my door. Um, <laughs> yeah, he asked, "What's your favorite design aspect that other cars don't have?" Yeah, so that's probably my favorite specific design aspect. But I think the reason why I'm the most excited about the Mayako compared to other cars is the fact that I know thanks to people who are involved with the project, that things like the fact that how the car will handle on paper, like theory, like uh, suspension uh, forces, spring forces, roll centers, all of this 
and then balancing it out between front and rear end and making the car work has been taken into account when designing the car. So this car hasn't been designed in a way where you just drew up some parts, make the parts and they try it on the track and try to sort of make it work good. This car has been made work by first looking at it on computer, trying out things that should work and then putting it out on track and comparing the findings on the computer and those findings most certainly have worked pretty well. But that is something I feel is very revolu revolutionary inside RC and something that is not much other teams are not going to get to in in the in at least in in a couple couple of years but in terms of like specific um design it's in my opinion the front hub where you can have the the kpi of a, a pillowball car but the av availability to adjust upper link the availability to adjust hub height uh and i think that that's the biggest thing there are some neat smaller things like the the center diff mount where there's just one brake lever which was similar in the jq and there's just like the droop screws in the front a lot of stuff that are neat but are small uh but i think there's some bigger like the car as a whole is a thing why i am personally the most interested about it and the fact that every time i've tried joseph's car and every time i hear people say like they run the first runs on a car they say that it drives like something different. Mm. It drives like a complete car, like a car that's supposed to drive as a whole. Gotcha. It's not just a car that's been put together and then it's need to be re retuned or refined. So that's something I've, I'd say is the biggest thing about the car. Sweet. Well, I think that ends our questions for today, Max. Thank you to everybody that sent us the questions for the bench racing Q&A. We can see that it's it's actually working as being a separate podcast because we take about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour to answer these things. So thank you, everybody, for providing us with the questions. Thank you to Max for his knowledge. And I helped out a little bit, I think. Uh, and thank you to BeachRC for their continued support. And uh, if you guys can go and use the affiliate link that you can find in the written description of this podcast, it definitely helps us out. Max, I'm going to move on to our Techno RC main interview with Matt Olson of Mod and Mod Designs, Mod Media, Mod Designs, and no, it's Matt Olson Designs and Mod Media. And then we're going to come back. We've got a little rant, and then we got a conclusion. Okay? Yeah. Techno RC. Techno RC. Techno RC is a premium manufacturer specializing in 8th and 10th scale high performance off road RC buggies and trucks. Visit www.technorc.com for a complete catalog of their products. Techno RC. Excellence in engineering. Hashtag Techno Takeover. Joining me this week is a gentleman you heard me mention his name quite a few times. Uh, I'm really, uh, I'm really excited for him. Impressed with the work he's been putting in. I remember when he first started it, and 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 you know his 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 media is starting to grow and get so much better. His content's getting good. 
he's all about out. I don't know how he does it. This guy, he's 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 putting on fifth scale races. He's doing his mod stuff. He's he's doing mod media. He's on TV. Uh, man, welcome uh, Matthew Olson of Mod Media of Mod Designs of uh, Matt Olson's Designs and um, Battlebots. Now uh, we had you on before episode yes. twenty eight, so it's been a while. What's up? It's, it's been a hot second, man. Thank you for bringing me on, and uh, you know, congratulations to you as well with the No Name, you know, podcast. You guys have been doing awesome things. I I tune in when I can, and uh, thank you for all the kind compliments. And yeah been super busy as of late and uh like you said we've been doing um you know the mod stuff and it's mm -hmm. transfer we've been doing a lot of media you know and it's been getting you know pretty popular um so tracks have really been liking it i call them little big races they've been bringing us in for for their events that's so been pretty cool um and then yeah battle bots and and uh we've been actually running um club racing at huckleberry since ocrc's mm. gone Okay. I've been uh, down there just doing Wednesday night club racing, just trying to get guys in the SoCal area, you know, keeping their stuff going. So that's like my only free day, which is Tuesday, Wednesdays. And then I'm <laughs> traveling doing or doing something, you know, so uh, just trying, you know, because I've got all the equipment when I run my my mod fifth scale events. Um, so I got everything and they're literally one minute from my shop. Uh, okay. So that's really nice um and then uh yeah looking to open up a little hobby shop here too called mod hobbies and you know we're we're got all sorts of stuff going on you don't sleep you don't couple sleep couple employees man and uh yeah it's this friday is actually like the one day i've been in the office in like the last couple of weeks so it's been on the road on the road um and i have a girlfriend so that's you know she's been mm -hmm. great she's been traveling with me now and really and uh yeah so it's it's been pretty cool it's been a it's been a blast i'm everybody seems to be liking what we've been doing you know we've uh you know trying to find our niches and everything like that and mm -hmm. you know it's been a lot of fun so thank you so much and also thank you to that podcast that you and uh what is it the the kids max, max. arrogant uh, angry, max and i was gonna say angry max arrogant max <laughs> arrogant max uh when you guys had mentioned um i think it was like more commentary or something like that and uh i took that in and i and it uh you know resonated with me i'm like that is a good idea he had mentioned some spaniard or something like that that does a really good job i don't know who it was but basically trying to do a little bit more um more announcing i've actually started to do my own mm. announcing for events i went down to thunder alley and okay. i did a club race out there for them doing announcing i do huckleberry and then i'm doing my own fifth scale series now um but on the other side of it i uh I could see where it's more engaging for the people. Mm -hmm. um, so it's very, very good idea, you know, by you guys. And I had tried it out at uh, TNR. So mm -hmm. that was kind of our last like really big uh, right. coverage event. I would say that we had multiple people at, um, but it takes another person to do it. Um, so you have to hire somebody on. And that mm -hmm. was like me and Rudy and like my girlfriend was there kind of helping out. Um, but you need a, to put on a good production, you need yes. at least three, Manpower. maybe four people. Like if you, if you can give them rest, cause I'm telling you, Rudy almost did all a TNR for the, you know, the uh, moving the camera and everything like that. I was behind the computer talking to people, giving away prizes, engaging with them, doing announcing mm -hmm. during anything, but you don't get any rest. You know, you're working mm -hmm. 16 hour days. Um, but very good idea. It was, I think it doubled our retention, really um, doubled our views. Yeah. 
Awesome. Um, so from just normal swinging around the camera, not really having anything going on to like actually engaging with the public. Um, so, you know, hats off to you guys. I listened in, you know, and took the, took the constructive criticism. And I think uh, everybody loved TNR for coverage. That was so. great. It was great. Uh, I, I think people, I remember when you first started this and I was like, okay, I see what he's trying to do. His like, it's like when I first started doing my podcast stuff, it was like, I go back and I listen and I'm like, Ooh, that the audio was bad or whatever. But I, I saw the, what you was going to do. And then I've watched you improve every year, every time you, every event that you've gone, if you've, you've, you want to, you're trying out new ideas, you're getting better with your cameras, you're getting better equipment, you're learning. And I'm like, this dude, uh, I, I actually credit you. And I have another buddy who's named Danny Paz. He's down in Florida and he, you two guys, he's more, he's also more of like a graphic designer and stuff like that. Yeah, so I actually, I actually met Danny. So okay. he, he, I actually helped them out. Right. Um, and told him some of the equipment I was using. Cool. Um, cause I roomed with Danny at the Florida championships. Okay. And he was their photography guy. And then I explained to him what I'm trying to do with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And then Lance was there. Um, and Lance hit me up to see what, what I'm using for different stuff. And then Danny started to do his thing. Um, so Danny's a super good dude. Um, I've been liking, I've been liking his work as well. He's doing um, it full time though, but like not just RC right now, everything. Yeah. So he's really into the editing stuff. Yeah. He's really good at that. So his, his, um, He's really pushing forward with that right now. Really good stuff. He, did, yeah, he does all my intros and stuff. Oh, nice. So that's good. So I yeah. knew that he was working for a different company for some point in time. Maybe he's mm -hmm. doing this full time now. I don't mm -hmm. know. Um, but yeah, Danny's a good dude. Uh, but yeah, he ended up shortly after, you know, talking to me and, and when I was at Florida RC, you know, car championships, whatever it was, Florida carpet championships, I think it was, mm -hmm. you know, then he started, he started doing it, which is good. I'm glad, uh, you know, it, it sparked some more people doing it. Um, and we've, you know, we need to get more coverage out there for, for RC, you know, we don't have, yeah, because you can't be everywhere, but you try to be, I don't know how you do it, but you try to be, uh, but all right, let's, we'll talk about, we'll talk a little bit more about the media side of things here in a minute. Um, if people don't really, if they're tuning in for the first time to getting to know you, um, you actually, um, you've, you're, you're from SoCal. You've been an avid racer for many, many years. Yeah. Sorry, um, I'm trying to plug in my laptop right now. Oh, Let's no, no talking. worries. Continue, continue. Uh, you've, you've been, you've, you've been an avid racer for many, many years. You've been working for, uh, MIP for many years. Um, you started the whole fifth, I think you got into the whole fifth scale side of things, started that, created your own brand, which is a mod. Um, you kind of are the guy for anything pop pop wise for the low C uh, trucks and buggies. And like you, you're busy doing that. I know like you really push the fifth scale side of things in America and are trying to grow that. I've, I love fifth scale. I think it's awesome. It's glad. I'm, I hope you get up to, uh, to Canada again, to that big track that they have up there. Uh, and, and you work with live RC a lot. You, you work with them. I think you do photography with them. You do announcing, you do interviewing, you, you, you know, you're, you're very eclectic and um you can put your hands to every anything really uh but really lately it's your media that i think has been the really impressive side you're doing all the j concepts uh races um i'm in one of the guys is like hey let's get you over to pmb you know let's help out uh dave and his media guy and i think you guys could do something great so when you first started this did you this did you envision it being like this and and what have you learned what is one of the things that have helped you get better at what you're doing? 
Yeah, so I think it's almost like it's a little, it's its own hobby within itself um, is the best way I could put it. Like it first originated as just just fifth scale coverage. Mm -hmm. Um, I was, because obviously it's, uh, I can't get Live RC to come out uh, at the time um, to cover one of my events. You know, they're, I call them little big races. I'm putting on my own series, kind of like a JBRL, but for fifth scale, we travel around to six different tracks, um, trying to spread awareness of fifth scale, uh, and everything like that. We've, we've mixed some eight scale into it. So usually it's more at eight scale tracks as well. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there was no, there's no way to, to, to promote it other than, um, through, through, uh, you know, social uh media and that's facebook youtube uh and obviously live rc but facebook and youtube's obviously bigger uh than live rc's channel and the only people who know about live rc channel is rc people yes I agree. Uh, so i want to try and you know grow it with the other media channels so i want to get it on there um and then i just started you know with a little fisheye camera mm-hmm. um and i just started up and then i was like well this is terrible you know <laughs> this needs to get better the audio is trash for about a year it was it was terrible like mm-hmm. my entire coverage was just like i just had something up and you could just see dots going around the track you know and it, it was really bad um so but i was like well it'll get a little bit better so then i had like a little handy camera that i got for free from mip um that i stuck up there on a little free tripod that i had um and then it kind of just went from there we got the audio better uh, we got the video feed better. We got um, now multiple cameras. Um, our, everything's pretty much pretty sound now. So what had happened is we got, you know, pretty good at it. And then um, I ended up, tracks started to see or local local tracks like David Coyote Hobbies. You know, he mm-hmm. was seeing what I was doing. I'm pretty close to the, to the Bottas. And um, he's like, hey, he's like, could you, he goes, it's looking pretty good. Could you cover you know, uh, my midsummer shootout, um, at coyote hobbies. I'm like, sure. You know, I'm, I'm like, I haven't done anything like that, but, but yeah. So I went out there and it's just constant reinvestment. It's mm-hmm. just a ton of money. There's no money that I make on it, by the way, there's, there's <laughs> zero, zero amount of dollars. You know, the amount of money that I do get either gets put back into equipment mm-hmm. mod funds, a lot of it, like a lot of it, if not all of it. Um, and then we're able to pay for some expenses. Like it, it's not lucrative. Um, and, uh, so at the end of the day, um, we've just been doing it, but I, I wanted to do it because of the fact that I was not seeing a lot of coverage for little big events. Mm-hmm. And I think that, um, personally, I think that, uh, the little guy needs, um, viewership as well. Absolutely. You know, because I think they are the ones that are actually paying for this hobby mm-hmm. um, at the end of the day. Uh, you know, I could see Roar Nationals and they're awesome. Everybody's going to tune in for that, even the little guy and everything like that. But all those guys that are there, they're all paid. All those guys that are there, they get their stuff for free usually. Um, and that's not to say bad on anybody. But, you know, I want the little guy where he gets his first interview, you know, and he's like, oh, my God. You know, they're like, where's the video of that? So it cultivates, you know, where we're getting more people and trying to keep people excited about the hobby. Um, uh, There's these little big events that do have some of those big guys that are at it, Mm 
Mm -hmm. um, and these good races that are happening. And we're able to capture those moments um, and just really just try and just take show people more uh, more racing because there's only, you know, one, two Roar Nationals. There's only one Worlds. Mm -hmm. There's only so to get that level of coverage, you know, at big, big events and Live RC does a great job, um, you know, but sometimes they're not able to come out or whatever. Uh, but I want more media to be happening kind of all over the place. Um, yeah, I so think you're, been doing. you're perfect for these races. Like I think of series races like um, the Northwest Championship Tour up in the Pacific Northwest, which has a, a, a superb following of racers. It's it's a three day race. It's it's packed. It's like a festival. It's like a mini DNC. They mm -hmm. tell me. Uh, I'm sh like it, it's it's like even for the people that are there, they can go back and say, "Hey, let me go look at my race." You know, someone gave them some attention and we get we all have this stuff out there in the in the stratosphere and it gets picked up by people and and you never know who would see that video and, and whatnot. And I think um, the way you've packaged this and able to do it, it's perfect for these these races that might want that. I can't say afford the a full or even a small live RC crew. You can come in and, and fill in and, and give them a quality, some quality content at a very good rate and you know not having to bring in five six seven people and all that type of stuff so how many people is it usually when you're working is it just you or is it like i remember your dad was helping you out a lot uh how do you do it how many people so i can handle an event on my own mm. um so usually it is just me um and then when you see it go like on fisheye camera i went to the bathroom or something okay. or i'm doing something uh but I do have like where people will come in and help like Rudy Rico. Uh, he's one of my main guys. I've got my other boy, David Orner. Uh, he's one of my main guys. Uh, my girlfriend will help out. Actually, my boy, Jason Turner will help. Uh, but usually they are doing more of the camera work and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, I'm the only one that does like all of the, the overlays and, and hooks up everything and make sure everything's running sound um with no issues because oh my god you have one audio issue or something's mm. going on dude you'll see zero comments from people one thing goes wrong and oh, you'll I see know. all these people start excuse my language bitching the entire time oh, they'll just you know and it's like horrible it's like <laughs> dude, you guys are getting this content for free here guys you're not paying for any of this and you're mad at me like come on now so usually i i make sure to take care of everything but we've gotten our we've gotten our program pretty sound now um where it's it you know we're we're dialed in um yeah. so like all the j concepts events um it's pretty much just me you know i'm going in there one man show i'll do commentating moving the camera doing the stuff on the computer all at the same time hmm. um Impressive. you know so it would be better if i can get a second person um if, if we could afford it you know because it's to pay anybody just even minimum wage to do it you're looking at 500 to 700 dollars you mm -hmm. know for five days because yep. you have to get in there thursday so you're working thursday setting up you've got friday saturday sunday and travel home monday you know so whatever way you look at it it's five days you know to pay somebody mm -hmm. um and so trying to get those kind of dollars to do it is just very hard. Very, it's very difficult. And then most of the time I don't even get paid, right. you know, to, to do it. And then that doesn't leave any money to be able to reinvest. Mm 
Um, I get it, dude. I when I went to DNC, yeah. I was like happy to get there. I was like, hey, it's great. I got some help to get her. But I was like, when you do all that stuff, you're like, hey, you should make money doing this as well. But a lot of it takes time. It's 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 our passion. Yeah. And you kind of have to stay the course because it eventually will pay off. It has to. You, you know, know what, what I mean? What I have seen that is good though is um mod sales on modspeedshop.com. Good. People are starting to support more. Good. Um so that's one thing that I have seen that's more of a, you know, a selfish part of it that like hey, the advertising now that we're doing or the name that we're getting out there is working. You know, so that because at the end of the day like you say I got to pay my bills, you know. Yep. So um you know that helps and we have had a few sponsors that are able to come on here and there you know and but that money just goes right back into equipment it goes right into employees so you know saying oh hey we're able to afford rudy for the weekend you know and get it out there so everything's you know either at a loss maybe a break even um but luckily we have good people that'll help out and that are also passionate they'll say mm -hmm. hey i'll come and help you out for a couple hundred bucks and you know so it's it's cool and we've been trying just to um kind of find that angle you know, to make it a little bit more sustainable uh, to say, because who knows, you know, in the future at, at the level that we're going right now, if, you know, if something happens with mod, it all crumbles, you know, because it, it funds everything. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how many times have I heard JQ say that to me? If it doesn't happen, it's crumbles crumbles and it, it always works out. Um, yeah. It does. It's RC is an interesting business on um, people. If they really, you know, some people make good money at it, and then some people just like it. Just it's it's hard. It's a it's a hard industry, a very hard industry, very niche industry, especially the racing side of it. Just racing, so very hard. But uh, you're doing good work. I think you got uh, King of the Streets coming up here. Yep. If uh, my buddies Tyler and RC Drag Talk, great event. I think that all kicked off that whole no prep stuff. Um, I remember you doing their first event, I believe, as well. And, yeah, um, we we did it last year. I think it was. Uh... You know some of our best retention that we've had this mm -hmm. the whole drag racing community is kind of like crawler guys that that race um you know it's 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 a whole community that they have yep. going on in and of themselves yep. um and then there's money on the line so i think mm -hmm. they i think they have something pretty cool um going on there and i've done a couple drag events now um and and this will be you know kind of the I, I would say the DNC of, of drag racing, it, it kind of kicks it off. Um, and yeah, we'll be there next weekend. I've got 702 with J Concepts mm -hmm. uh, for their NCTS series. Um, yeah, and then and then we've got uh, we've got that. And then um, I think their Northwest Hobbies one, that one was was transferred to May. So we'll be we'll be out there. And yeah, so we'll be doing. You know all the j concept ones um and so it should be it should be good but yeah the the king of the streets should be a really really good event and that somebody's gonna win a ton of money <laughs> somebody is somebody is uh that that whole no prep scene is incredible right now it's so yeah, much it's money nuts. wrapped up in it uh it's, it's insane uh do you get to race at all anymore yeah, I still run fifth scale. Okay. I was uh, they had this fifth scale worlds event that they call it. It's not sanctioned, but it's that's mm -hmm. just the name of it. Um, and I helped run that event as well. So I actually had uh, covering two events simultaneously. Rudy went and covered hobby action, and I set up all that. And then I went and did all the timing scoring 
audio and the live um, and race the event at the Worlds uh, the, <laughs> the same weekend. And uh, yeah, I was uh, I was battling with Kirkman and Little Bear, so Steve Harris. And, right, so uh, those guys are fast. Yeah, they're real quick. And they got cars just like mine. The guy really? that builds them is, yeah, is, is the duplicates of my car. Okay. And um, and they're obviously very quick. I think Steve's like thirteen. He's like right beam sort of this race. Yeah, he's that, quick. Right so um, I had the speed. I was matching for speed, but my consistency wasn't there. So I ended up third for the for overall in a forty minute run for fifth scale. So that's pretty good for us. Um, and uh, yeah, I just I went to last in like the first lap, and I had to catch up, and I ended up getting battling with Steve, and then I ended up losing sight of him, and I I ended up settling for third. So it was. Uh, but it's fun. I still love racing when I can. Um, I would like to get back out there a little bit more for 10th scale, but we we lost OCRC. Mm-hmm. Um, I covered their last event, and, uh, you know, that was a shame. Uh, that place was awesome. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've been trying to help the community down here for, for racing with this Huckleberry RC Raceway. It's a small 8-scale track. Um, it's located at Santa Ana river lake. So it's literally in the middle of Anaheim. There's these big lakes that are there and people fish at them. Um, and right off the, basically right off the lake, there's a big dirt patch that there's a driver's stand and racing. So, you know, basically off the 91 freeway and the 55, you know, right down here in, uh, Anaheim, there's an RC outdoor RC track. And so, uh, you guys club racing Wednesday nights. Okay. So and it's we, uh, eight scale or eight scale electric, basically. Okay. Uh, no nitro right now. Um, they have to work on it with the lease because it's with the city and mm-hmm. and because of the nitro and everything like that dealing okay. with the fuel. So that's um, out of our hands of, of what it is. But a lot of eight scale, like Frankie Contreras was down there the other night. Nice. Um, uh, we've got uh, like Watson, Matthew Willoughby. Mm. Um, so there's a, there's a couple guys that are going down there. A lot of the OCRC guys are starting to, you know, get some eight scales and I've been running their program down there. Um, so it's been fun, but we do Wednesday night club racing seven o'clock and seven thirty we start and track opens at like five. Nice, so nice, nice. We've been nice. Try, trying to keep the racing scene, uh, going down here. Yeah. I'm sure smoker's going to be out there soon. It's right. That's smokers, like... smokers run out there already. Yeah, so he wants, not he wants nitro me. though. He wants nitro. Yeah, he's so. I'm, he's supposed to be coming to RCGP. I don't know. He says he is. We'll see. Well, he's um, always says he's like that's the best race I've ever been to. That's what he always comments. I've seen you know <laughs> that smoker. Um, all right. Uh, how is the fifth scale scene going? Um, I know COVID's. Uh, I know you had a lot of followers up in Canada as well. A lot of big fifth scale scene up in Canada, and COVID hopefully is starting to relax for them. But things are opening up more, um, even in Europe. The, you know, the, all the fifth scale guys are starting to get out and everybody's starting to race again. How's that going? So fifth scale, fifth scale, I think, uh, is like the rest of them. You do this, you know, mm-hmm. as far as, but it always kind of evens out. So I haven't, you know, I honestly haven't seen our numbers growing, but I haven't seen them dwindling either. Okay. Um, I just see new people getting in, people getting out. Um, the tracks more so tracks have been fine we've been working with a lot of people where i'm actually hopefully uh going to be talking to joey here from uh from the dirt mm-hmm. um 
not saying it's going to happen, but uh, we're might be on for Silver State um, on the outdoor portion of it. Mm. Um, so that would be pretty sweet. So yeah, I would, it would be. be. I would be uh, running that event on that, that would side be for him. Lots of eyes on RC right there because yeah, and those so, look so real. People would love yeah. that and no dust. Exactly. So it was, it was pretty cool. It was it would be outdoors. It wouldn't be inside like it was the mm -hmm. the first year. Um, so that's that's pending. So I'm not saying it's happening, but uh, so we're waiting on a reply. I hope, so. from, I hope it from happens. Joey. But he really liked it. He saw us. We came out. We had my final series race at his track at the Dirt in Paris mm. in November. So we raced at his track, and he loved him. He goes, dude, these things are so fast. Because, like, between, like, we had a race in uh, Fear Farm during COVID, and Mayfield came out to my event and raced out there with us. And him and Tanner Denny was there, and Spencer Rivkin, they're racing eight scale with us. And But during a fifth scale event, mm. um, I had eight scale classes. And uh, Mayfield drove. He goes, dude, this thing has more steering than my eight scale buggy does. And he drove. He's like, dude, these things are so fast now. So he drove my truck. So I was like, about my fast lap versus Mayfield's and his buggy was about a second and a half. You know, between really? my fifth scale truck and his. They are fast, buggy. dude. They're so amazing right now. We've got we've gotten them so good, and they soak up everything too. Like, like for fit for eight scale, they'd be like, oh, this track is rough. Mm -hmm. You know, we soak that all up. It doesn't even it. The closest thing I could say, like driving a fifth scale is like driving like a like an electric truggy, you know, that's kind of how they handle. Uh, they, and they look so real, like when they're yep. out there. Yeah, I, I watched them get, at DMC in 2018. That's the first if, time I ever seen them go. I loved it. If you can get a bunch of bunch of guys together with skill, um, they are a sight to behold. And they're probably the, the funnest you'll ever have driving an RC car. So mm -hmm. they're a lot of fun. Um, a lot of good people, the community's the best, like as the scale gets bigger, the people get nicer. Like that's, a, that's, how, that's how it kind of pretty much works. So, um, it, it's a really good community. Um, it's pretty tight knit and, uh, we've just been trying to grow it and give it more eyeballs and we do a lot of upgrades for it. So mod does, you know, we do clutches and shocks and our brake systems. Actually it's they're in here. Those are the brakes and their brake pads and stuff um so brake systems and and just hop up parts we're kind of like a pro shop for them and then we try and help out you know at the racetrack and help people with setup and you know we got a whole crew three four five guys that come down there help run the event you know set it all up so we really try and put on a a, a good event and then whatever fifth scale event that there is on the west coast usually we're part of it for either the coverage part of it or helping run the event for timing and scoring and you know, audio. So we really try and bring a quality, you know, like what all the eight scale guys are always mm -hmm. and 10 scale is, is used to, you know, so we've, uh, we've been trying to help it grow. Um, it's been growing as far as Canada's concerned. Um, the, I haven't been back there since, um, their last nationals that they had at that big track at Walton. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I honestly don't know when I'm going to get back up there. Um, they've got a lot of restrictions for yep. COVID and um, they've got, they pretty much, I don't that's, know. That's still I'm not going to get international. They can, come, they can come know. over to America, but it's hard to get back. I, yeah. I just, uh, but I mean, hopefully when things get back to normal or somewhat normal, whatever we, we normal will be, that track is like, the biggest RC track I've had. It's like a. I actually believe you can drive full scale vehicles on it because it's that big. It's a it's a fifties track. Yeah, so usually it's, it's a like little 
Oh, you know, really? Motorcycle 50s. That's what the track usually is. It's at a motocross uh, track, like for KTM or something like that. It's badass. Um, that's all I so know. It's, it's really, really cool. You're like on two containers when you're there. Really? It's like, oh, yeah. The size of like the DNC track times four. I would say know. so. I would it's say about, so. It's about that. And like looking down at it and the mm -hmm. elevation that it has is, you know, so, you know, it's, it's really, really cool. Just big lumbering jumps, you know, mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, all the guys up there, all the Canadian guys, they're super cool. Um, I love those guys and just every, everybody. Everybody's been been awesome. But, yeah, with their restrictions and everything going on with the government, um, I couldn't tell you the next time that I'm going to. Yeah. I go up there every year, uh, sometimes twice a year. Right. And um, I just don't know when I'm going to be able to get back there. Sweet. Yeah, I got myself. Uh, I'm not got a fisk. I do want to get a fisk scale once, but I don't got like a big. I'm into I'm been getting into RC boats. So I'm got a big, I'm building this big 58 inch gas boat. It's got a 30, 30. Now I will say this, that the, the, the Marine gas engines are a lot cheaper than the, uh, surface engines. I think I can get like, a um, a 30.5 Zenoa modified engine for like 500 bucks or something like that. Well, it's about another two, two fifty, three hundred 300 for yeah. one of ours. It's yeah. not terrible. Not too bad, but uh, no. yeah, I got a 30.5 cc going in this. Some guys put twins in these things, like it's crazy, it's madness. So, yeah, they're nuts. I know. Um, my wife hasn't seen this yet, so yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm hit, I'm had it hidden for many months now. Just say that you built it out of parts, at that, you, dude. It's yeah. a big yellow four five foot boat. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna explain that. All right, um, so. Another thing, dude, I'm watching uh, Discovery Channel. I, actually, I kind of saw something about this a couple years ago. Like he was in the crowd, like a picture or a selfie that you had posted. And then I had saw on Facebook and all that stuff. And then it kind of reminded I was watching Discovery the other day and I saw you on there and I was like, look at Matt. And um, he's on BattleBots. Like I've had Jack Bark on her from Endgame. Uh, so I, I am interested in BattleBots. I think it's cool. I, I'm not an avid follower. I think the, I think the hills, like, the fighting and the bots and the RC side of it's really cool, but um, yeah, man, you're you you are on BattleBots. Um, how did that happen? Like, did it happen from that time that you went and watched it, or like, how did you get involved in that? So, basically, my and my my friend Andrew from Canada actually, because it's a Canadian team. Lucky's a Canadian team, and I've been on since like 2018 or 2017 uh or something like that i a couple four or five years ago um but i met i met my buddy andrew up in canada at uh racing 10 scale uh, okay used, used to be this track called or we used to go to this race called the canadian nationals up there and it was at my buddy billy's track and it was pretty cool because you raced underneath a circus tent and it was on the side of a runway at an airport and you would pit inside of the airplane hangar no way. It, it was bad like it was super like lee martin went down there before really? tom cockrell um you know there was a bunch of guys that went down there. my buddy billy sutton it was super bad you know it was it was so cool anyways we did that for a couple of years and andrew you know was kind of dabbled in it and um kids wicked smart anyway mm. so he got into i'm sure you know motorama okay um, yes so Motorama, it's like a mecca of hobbies. They got cars there, RC cars. Scotty Ernst puts on a race there. Mm -hmm. um, well, we used to go there as well to Motorama. Myself and Rudy, MIP, would send us down there. Um, and there was also 
battle bot or those also smaller bots like they mm -hmm. do small battle bot competition there and i saw andrew there so we've always been you know good friends and then so he's gotten into um uh the fighting robots i've never really been into it that much and then one day he hit me up he says hey i'm in long beach he goes you should come down so ixo facto i was able to get into the pits of battle bots mm. when i was there and dude the it went up against like a tombstone or something like that and lucky was trashed he was like a little you know like like that that's how lucky looked after <laughs> the motors were gone you know just total tin can and um i kind of got in there and I started to kind of work with the guys like mm. kind of look at them and they're some of these things you look inside of them you know without the movie magic that's happening and the 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 form and finish of some of this stuff that's there that's in battle bots mm -hmm. like they built this definitely in their garage you know <laughs> like and, 1980s rc oh dude you know they built it with a dremel some of this stuff okay. and then other ones are like beautiful you know you'll see like I went up against uh, a bot called um, the big uh, Orby, Orby Blade, the yellow one I went up against. And that was beautiful. Like his work of art. And some of them are like that. Uh, but I ended up crushing that thing. Um, so, so the thing is, it's like, and then you see some of these and like the fit and finish with some of them. So a lot of these guys are just hobbyists that get mm. into it. And they're a lot of very, very smart, very, very smart. Okay. And um, all the teams are built up of people with their own um, skill set. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's a guy that draws everything. There's a guy that, you know, CNCs everything. There's a, you know, a head guy that gets everybody together. There's a guy that, you know, helps wrench on everything. You know, there's a guy that does all the programming. So, um, for the electronics. So, there's a whole crew that has to come together to kind of make these happen, usually speaking. Mm -hmm. um and and they were kind of always missing like like a driver so i had helped them you know i'm a pretty good wrench with everything i know how stuff you know needs to fit and function and looking for problems and you know making sure you know this you know is going together right mm -hmm. um so on the mechanic side of it i was i was very very good so they liked me as a wrench you know i was just kind of helping out um and i did that for like two three years just you know just helping in the pits and everything like that and then they've always kind of been searching for a driver and quote unquote, I'm driving still all the time with fifth scale. Yeah. Like and, natural fit. You know, and it's almost the same size basically too. And, um, you know, but these things are 250 pounds and, okay. and obviously there's no jumps and uh, you're rolling but you around. Can, they do fly, but they, they do fly. fly. Yeah. So, so I, I had talked to the main, um, uh, the main team leader that basically it's his robot. He gets everybody together. He's been into that hobby for 20 years now and, um, and ended up where like, we've become good friends and I'm like, Hey, jokingly, I had said, Hey, you should put me at the stick sometime, you know, to try it because I had tried it one time in the, they've got this box that's there that you can test the weapon, mm. you know, when it's a big plexiglass uh, bulletproof box that they put it in where you can spin up your weapon, you can fire it, everything like that. So I went and I drove it in there and I was just drifting around the box, you know, just sliding it in and doing all sorts of stuff. And there, he's like, this is the first time. And this was like two years ago. He's like, that's the first time you've ever driven it. 
And I'm like, yeah. He goes, oh, okay. You know, <laughs> so then, you know, just a little bit later, I was like, yeah, you should put me at, you know, you should have me try it, you know, this, this year. And um, cause we're kind of getting shaped up. It's in Vegas. Now I'm working on my schedule to get there because I'm become way more uh, busy with the media stuff mm-hmm. and I'm starting to postpone things. So I'm like, Oh, hopefully I can make it. And, I was like, well, I'll be there for BattleBots. I'll be there. So anyways, he's like, well, we'll put you at, you know, the sticks. I He bought me these couple little BattleBots that are like little tiny bots. Mm-hmm. And I built that up and I was, you know, in my shop here pushing around a, you know, a, a block of wood, you know, just figuring out because it's got tank steer. You no longer have, you know, steering. You've got tank steer. So it moves like this. Right. I get it. And, and um, so that was different. You know, for, and we also now have reverse, you know, we don't have reverse in RC. So, uh, or at least in racing at least. And so you have to flip your mind. So that was a little bit different for me. Um, but the controls are all the same. And, but now you have a, a, a button for your flipper, you know, and you got two different buttons. So you hit the auxiliaries on the, on the radio. And, um, so my first battle was up against tantrum. Um, and I was too nice is what ended up happening. Uh, I ended up going in, went in hot, uh, flipped them around the box. I had them on the ropes. I got them stuck up, but in, and everybody was like, Oh, lucky was being nice or, Oh, you know, um, uh, he was keeping the battle going for sportsmanship. Believe you me, I was trying to beat the guy, but what ended up happening is, is in the initial driver's meeting that they had with all of us, they had told us the rules like, Hey, we want to make good TV. Um, you know, if somebody gets stuck up on the wall, you have to get them off, you know, stuff like that. Like they'll, they'll make you go and unstick them. Mm -hmm. So I was like, Oh shoot. I don't want the ref to tell me, Hey, just go and tap him off. I want to go and hit him. Mm -hmm. Well, ixo facto, I should have just left him there because all that was kind of thrown out the window. And I should have, we've got this button called the haymaker where it's Mm -hmm. like full, full power. And I didn't do that. I used the jab. So when you're in there and it's like you're like in a tunnel and everything is slowed down, mm. but everything's also faster if it if it makes sense, because you're like, you got to be on it. And this other bot's trying to kill you. So that was new for me where, you know, we don't ever try and hit people in oh. RC cars, but I know when somebody's going to try and hit me. You know, you, you know, <laughs> kind of you can read people when they're going to try and take you out in a turn or yeah. something like that. So. I was good at reading what was going on. Um, but so I went over there and I flipped them and I actually broke their self rider. Um, mm. So their little arms that come up to get them back. So right. if I would have flipped them one more time, they would have ended up on their back. We would have won. Uh, but he came around his little bot. You'll see got stuck underneath me. So I had no, I couldn't move and he came in and picked off my tires. And uh, that was pretty much all she wrote for that one. Then I ended up beating Orby, which was like a tombstone um their blade broken half we popped them up and then i went up against mammoth went and took off his wheel and and went out and then i made it to the top 32 and that that just showed last night and i went up against copperhead they didn't show the fight which was actually a pretty good fight it was i went the full three minutes um but i had nothing for copperhead that's probably the one that i truly lost um they they've got this big drum spinner on the front that's like a 150 pound drum spinner Mm -hmm. and it's like putting your hand like into a garbage disposal Mm. like that's that's what it is and um we didn't have our 
you'll see that I hurt my um, my flipping arm in the battle before for Mammoth. It ended up tweaking the my flipping arm. Mm -hmm. We weren't able to straighten it back up again. So what happened is we had to go with our short nose on there. So I had no flipper. And they put on these little forks that we just got done, like right before the battle. The forks were supposed to fend off the, you know, copperhead. Um, but, dude, that drum spinning, I don't know how many RPM. And it's got a little bar, metal bar on the front. Mm -hmm. And it just, it just, just tears through yeah. everything. Everything that there is, there's just not. There's no stop. It's like a little roly poly. It's got two big <laughs> wheels on the side and a big 150 pound drum spinner. So it puts so much weight on the front mm -hmm. and mine's a flipper. So I'm trying to, my ground game. I need to get under them and flip them, right. you know, but I've got no wedges cause they didn't give me the wedges. And then I have no spatula to go and flip them. So I had to get them on top of like, you know, this high off the ground for 150 pounds. It's already sitting on the ground. It's impossible. So basically I drove around. I tried to find any angle. There was no angle. Um, I lost that one for sure. We just didn't have it. But the thing is, too, is that a lot of these bots that you're seeing, you're starting to see a transition. Um, it's kind of like when, you know, nothing against Lucky, but we need to get a little bit more updated as far as mm -hmm. like our our, our uh, drivetrain components. Like we're still using like servo motors, like brushed servo motors. So they told me like, hey, don't push up against nobody. Um, you know, we could burn up the motors. The motors are like 250 bucks a pop, 300 a pop. And then also there's a chain drive in there where the front drive drives the rear drive with a chain like sprockets, like a mini bike. Okay. And um, if one wheel gets locked up, it starts to turtle, you know. So with Lucky, we have to protect the wheels because if we get hit on the side and one wheel gets locked up, it'll end up turtling and then they'll start counting you out. So it's a mobility kill. Um, so there's some things we need to upgrade on lucky um, because it's kind of, it's kind of like everybody's going to brushless now, you know, everybody's got smaller, faster, you know, uh, more powerful and spinning weapon bots. You know, you'll notice a lot of all of the uh, like end game. Um, uh, he's got a vertical spinner. Mm-hmm. So it's you like know, going at you like like a skill saw. Everybody's got vertical spinner these days. <laughs> you go and look at it. Copperhead vertical spinner. You know, uh, Deep Six vertical spinner. Valkyrie, I think, is vertical spinner. You know, all the ice, I think it was uh, just everything. The last two championship ones, he was vertical spinner. Uh, last year, champion endgame vertical spinner. So BattleBots wants you to have a theme. Mm -hmm. They want you to have where you've got a unique style bot and weapon, but you'll see a lot of these like Kraken. He went out there. He didn't, he didn't win any fights. Mm -hmm. You know, I think he's done duck. Yeah. He had a know. spike or something. No, Kraken had a Kraken like a mouth that like comes. Yeah. Down, yeah, yeah. I watched you know? this. I watched a last night. I think he was fighting a guy off a spike. And the guy yeah. There was like this Omni wheel one. That was pretty cool. Triple mm -hmm. crown um obviously there's like uh there's a there's a bunch of them that are really really cool but they've all started to become you know like a end game or um like copperhead and minotaur and all those bots that are vertical vertical spinners and um even tantrum tantrum i went up against he was a vertical spinner mm. um so uh the ones that we lost against basically every time were vertical spinners that I, okay. that I lost against. 
Um, and we need to find out a solution for that because now with the BattleBots um, arena, they made it kind of even harder for us because they took away the sides where you can knock them out of the ring. Mm. There's only two sides now uh, that you can do, and it's right by the doors where you enter in, that you can hit them out of the ring. But we were told during the driver's meeting, if you go and you intentionally go and hit somebody and knock them out by that, you're disqualified. Mm. So that ended up being thrown out too. Um, so but yeah. <laughs> It's a lot of stuff's going on all the time, right. and uh, it's it, it is a ton of fun. The community is a lot like ours, mm -hmm. um, and you know these these different bots that are out there, and it's a lot of smart people. So um, it's a very cool experience at the at the end of the day. Is it bigger than what we're doing here with, with surface racing, though? No, no. Um, I would think that they're more mainstream. Yes. People know about them more than they know about us. Mm -hmm. But I would say as the normal Joe that's going out there and doing it on a weekly basis, like we have weekly club racing, we've got our things right. going okay, on. Got you. We've got our events all the time. They've got events, they do with a smaller scale. Mm -hmm. But even us, like we've got, you know, media coverage at at all of them, basically. Right. Um, and they've got little live broadcasts that they do that that I've seen. Um, but but other than battle bots, they're very much in the shadows from what I've seen as well. Okay. Got um, you. you know, for Probably the a lot harder guy. to get into it than it is. You know, you could go out and get a slash, go to a local you, track. You can, you can get, they've got these little, I think it's called botkits.com where you mm -hmm. can get basically like a, a kit that you build um, and you put it in the electronics and solder it all up and, and do it all. And they've got toys that you can get obviously somewhere at like Walmart or something um for like in battle bots but um as far as like the community that that we've constructed and the hobby shops you're able to go to and you know mm -hmm. everything like that they're definitely you know not as big as we are <laughs> you know they they have like a little bit lower like we're here and then there's battle bots so we're like okay. right in the center here where we haven't reached battle bot level but here's the normal battle bots guys right right here. i get it they have you their mainstream but we have more average, average users. Average users, users. Yeah. yeah. I would say so. I could be wrong, but from mm -hmm. what I've seen, uh, and I'm a couple friends with that community, you know, they've got a couple little things here and there like Motorama and different stuff. But, uh, yeah, as far as up with multiple classes, all that we're doing, readily available kits, stuff at hobby shops, like, there's no comparison. You yeah. know, and a lot of them, they're very, very custom. A lot of the stuff is very custom which then you're going to have even a smaller group of people because you have to be um, highly, uh, you, you have know, to be a tinkerer. Uh, you have to tinker. You definitely yeah. have to tinker. How about the professionalism? Um, I know, I know a lot of people always say why we don't have RC mainstream. I always say we don't have a product. We're too vanilla. We're too PC. Um, I know like kind of like RCGP wants people to kind of say what they want to say and, you know, be a little bit more, you know, show a bit more emotions and stuff like that. I know that this is, um, it's also a production as well, but you guys are competing against each other. Uh, can we learn anything uh, from these guys to apply to what we're doing? Uh, and you know, we always cry about not being able to go mainstream. Well, I think the closest that we're gonna get to mainstream, <laughs> and it's gonna sound bad, um, not good, it's still an RC, is probably drag racing. Um, okay. I think that that 
because the retention level, and you're going to see this with everything, right? You see it with TikTok, you see it with Instagram, you see it with Facebook, where you do this, you swipe, next video, exactly. 30 seconds, you know, retention level this much, you know, um, with drag racing, it's that you have a winner and you have a loser. It's right there. The race is two seconds. You've got these little rivalries that are happening. You got this big money on the line. You know, you've got this where you can kind of get, you know, they're all drama doing it with a, with a form of it for what is it? Mm -hmm. uh, 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 nope. Or, um, Out street outlaws, street outlaws. Exactly. And some of those guys are getting into the RC mm -hmm. side of it and they're like, Oh man, I win so much money. So, so you're going to, I would say that would have an easier time getting it, even than what we can with what's going on right now mm. for Roar Nationals, um, for the mainstream, because you can't, you can't follow it. You I, know, know. I know. We, we know what's going on right. because we've been in it for so long and we try and do better. Like even with my coverage, I try and do better with like explaining what's happening, follow the cars that we're talking about. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, many times for non people that are looking at it um they're not going to be intrigued exactly by that. it's, you it's know, so people hard want, people want to see destruction mm -hmm. you know what do you say when you go nascar or whatever you want to see like a crash or something people like carnage people like you know short battles it's three minutes or less you know for battling out they people have these teams that are that are um you know they've each got these things that are going on mm -hmm. um and what battle bots happens once a year you know we're doing this 365 pretty much so so we've got battle bots once a year and i think i heard production for that was a hundred thousand dollars an hour Whoa. yeah wow. and it goes on for two weeks really so you think about that a hundred grand an hour to, for, to film. And that's with being in the middle of Vegas, they've got huge tents there. They've got production crew. They've got tons of staff. They've got cameras and, and, and boom cameras and, uh, you know, tons of people for discovery channels. Like they're on a totally different level, level yeah. <laughs> you know, than, than where we are. And they've got big backing. And then the guys that own it, they've obviously been doing this for a long time. And the guys that own it, they're pretty well off, like multi-millionaires from other sides of stuff. You know, the owners so this of is just like, just, they're just they're, they're having fun. Totally different level. They're, right. they're having fun. They've been in this forever. Um, and they've had battle bots and they've, you know, they're, they're on a totally different scale than what we are. Right. But they, they're able to do that because they've got, the carnage they've got you know uh i would say like a world's event obviously with us um we still have it but we don't have that that sort of win and lose in a very small minute amount of time we've got 60 minute main events like a dnc you know and no excuse to anybody but we're watching the leader go around you yeah, know, I know what you mean. Even though I like it. it, I like the I, long I like lines, it too. You know, but I, for I, for new people, we, we need to go shorter. It's like, it's like watching golf and playing golf. It's two mm -hmm. different things. You know, I like to play golf more than I like to watch it. Got you. you know? I understand. I understand. It uh, and it, if you if we even look at drones, we go back to following the cars when they would when drone race. I mean, it's still around, but they had collars. You know, so you know which you know you know which drone belonged to which person and. 
you was able to relate and you had carnage as well when they crashed and whatnot when and drone had, i think you know with the drones not to interrupt <clears> you <throat> is the first person view mm-hmm. you know i think that that's huge i've done it with my fifth scale uh already where i've had live shot fifth scale um you know running where i'm able to cut to that cut to the camera you know and show first person view inside the truck mm. you know racing and i think that that would be pretty cool but the technology to do that um even for the fifth scale and get it to the size that i did have it mm-hmm. still is a pretty big package so scaling it down to fit in like an eight scale um mm. or even a 10 scale it's just the technology is not there yet at least what i'm able to afford mm-hmm. um i'm able to put it into a fifth scale but for me trying to go to like ryan mayfield during a world's <laughs> event and saying, "Hey, let me strap this little weight yeah, on your stuff." Maybe like, oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know what never, I mean? Never, At the never. end of the day, even though he's a buddy of mine and everything, you know, he's got twenty thousand dollars on the line or whatever it is from sponsors. Like, it's not gonna yeah. happen. And I think um, just as as people, we're not used to doing that because <clears throat> I used to when I talked to Joseph or or David Isherwood, they would tell me one of the hardest things they had with RCGP when they did it in twenty nineteen was teams wouldn't show up for the Thursday media day which was important for him. You know what I mean? And I think that's just because we never had that before. And when I mean professionalism on that level, I think you guys know the, like you had to meet deadlines, you had to do press releases and, you know, you had to, you know, you had to look a certain part and all that stuff. I think in that way, we're still kind of far behind on a lot of things. I like to see us get more professional and that's in that way on with the professional guys in a, in a certain sense. But, yeah. um, yeah, I, uh, I agree. But yeah, man, super adventure. You never know. Like, RC is so weird. It, it's been really kind to me, and it's take it's taken me on some serious adventures, and it seems like it's very similar for you. Uh, and I just wanted to have you on her, and you know, because uh, I'm always saying how how good I think your work is, and you're getting so much better at it. And I just wanted to catch up with you, man, and uh, you know, pick your brain because I do I know how hard it is. I know how hard it is to try and make some money at doing this type of stuff. And um, I appreciate what you do. Keep doing it. I enjoy it. And I know as you do it more, you're going to get better and better. And uh, hopefully one day I get to if I hope they do the fifth scale race at Silver State. I would uh, I would love to just drive one of them things once. No, most definitely. So, yeah, thank you, Keenan, for having me on. And I watch your podcast. I love what you're doing. You know, you, you can see all the sponsors that are below and everywhere, you know, helping this out. And, you know, that's that's awesome to see that that all these guys are, you know, yeah, I appreciate and helping. So, you know, it's huge. And same thing, you know, we bring on a couple sponsors. We have a few like Beach RC, J Concepts, um, TNR. We have uh, RC Speed Secrets. We have kind of, I kind of have a group of guys that keep popping on and supporting the feeds, which is which is really good. And you know um you know so i you know factory extreme so it's uh you know these companies do help and and we just like yourself we're just trying to get out good media coverage yeah we need it um, we need it you know and then on the manufacturing side mip and i are very still very very close Uh, i help them out with with some stuff and uh vice versa and uh you know we're creating products and trying to do all made in the usa stuff out here um put on good race events and you know just try and do everything so yeah it is definitely hard to to make a buck you know within this industry but uh, i think we do it because we love it mm-hmm. you know at the end of the day um how long that lasts for i don't know but uh 
Yeah, I, I, I'm still glutton for punishment. So it, I know it, it's crazy. It, isn't it? You it's just want to, it's like you come so far, you come so far. If you're a race and you want to bring uh, mod media to there, uh, contact Matt on Facebook, Matthew Olson. Uh, if you're a company and you wish to, you like what he's doing, send him some love and you, you think that's a great platform for you to advertise, shoot him a message. I think, I think what he's doing is great. Matt, thank you for your time. I'll see you probably Silver State. Yep, I'll be there. I hope so. I hope and, so. And um, you have a good one. And well, hey, let's enjoy the Raw Nats because we're recording this uh, the Friday of the Raw Nats. When this will come out, it will be next Friday. So um, good stuff, man. Thank you for your time. And um, awesome. you enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you, buddy. You have a good one. Thank you, everybody out there. Keep watching the No Name Art podcast and uh, no name rc podcast RC podcast i want i was like reading it right there you know and uh no don't forget RC to check out I, I always share your stuff so you know, I know I'm thank always... you by the way i, yeah. I appreciate well, it's, that it's content thanks, so... for the, thanks for the constructive criticism from you and arrogant max I think it is, <laughs> hey he so. gets he gets so sad right now him and barry baker got a feud going on so i don't oh. know how that's going uh -oh. Barry doesn't like him too much right now. Uh oh, I need to see. You'll have to lead me on after this of the drama that's happening. <laughs> oh no, it's just just his opinion on TLR and to go to Finn. That gets oh, it. Oh man, oh man. <laughs> well, I know Barry's out there this weekend. He's been yeah, doing he's, good in forty plus. He so. is. He is. He is. He is. Yeah. All he's right, a dude. Good dude. So yeah, cool. man. Thank you again, uh, Keenan, and uh, you know, keep doing your good work and and you and as well, man. See. Thank you, sir. You as well. Thank you. you have a good one. We are now at that point of the show where you should fasten those seatbelts and put your big boy pants on. Whoa. Things are about to get serious. It's time for the JQ Racing Rant. <laughs> I was just looking at Aaron Dexter. He actually went racing this weekend and won. Congratulations. Last past yeah. weekend. Congratulations to him. Good to see him racing again. Uh, we have a small rant this week. It's nothing serious, but I just saw this. It showed up on my Facebook today. And it seems to be the continuing trend with Traxxas. And they're suing yeah. freaking HBO at this time for <laughs> this is trademark like, infringements. On. Let's let's read this out. So So HBO was launched nearly 50 years ago, and they have no doubt established distinctiveness in minds of, cons of consumers. If a trademark opposition filed on February 2nd, they're accomplished claiming the name HBO Max infringes upon their rights in filing to the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office. Traxxas LP states that the registrations of name could create a likelihood of confusion. The trademark suit seems from a family of trademarks used by Traxxas that includes Max, T-Max, that X Max, E Max, and others. While their spellings obviously differ from HBO Max, this doesn't mean that the infringement hasn't occurred. Occurred. The plaintiff feels that the similarity result in a likelihood of confusion. Of course, companies with similar names may be able to simultaneously exist. The real issue arises if their products, service, or even avenues of trade share similarities. What does Traxxas provide to consumers? radio-controlled model vehicles and parts, therefore. This raises the question of how a remote-controlled car company could be possibly confused with an online streaming service. <laughs> That's insane. Oh, my God. But Traxxas has sued everyone for everything, so I'm not really even that surprised. I mean, the same funny HBO. Because someone... That's big money right there. <laughs> and it's not even HBO. It's AT&T. That's fucking one of the biggest companies in America because HBO is owned by AT&T. 
Oh my, they went out. They are going after everybody. They're probably going to sue us now. Oh shit. That's it. Oh yeah, that's true. Like someone said on the comments, they're probably going to sue me for having the name Max. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Max, you are, you are infringement of Traxxas Max. We cannot call you arrogant Max anymore. We're going to have to yeah. call you arrogant. I don't know. Like you can't even call your name I, I anymore. Mean, I, I gotta be like after this, I'm go I'm gonna have to be called the homeless one because I don't I'm, I'm not gonna have a name anymore. Trax is gonna sue. Me. Yeah, they're gonna sue you for rights of your name because you yeah. are involved in RC, and you have the you have the name Max. So it's some way they're gonna get confused. Arrogant Max Mort confused with T Max E Max, let alone HBO Max. I just yeah, think this is just another right. string of Trax is just being. Ridiculous. Thanks to this, this I actually wish Traxxas goes bankrupt now. Like, I don't, I have <laughs> never really had anything against Traxxas because their cars aren't that bad. I like I mean, their cars. Way over, they they are overpriced, but they are decently good, and uh, they they seem to be doing their own thing as a company. But stuff like this just wishes me, like. Just it's just like petty, under, please. Like just, just like I wish Traxxas gets banged. I, I wish, I wish Traxxas actually gets like going into a lawsuit case and then loses, and then actually gets bankrupted. Because I'd be <laughs> much happier if Traxxas was just gone. I, well, okay, I am not happy with Traxxas going. I actually do like their products, but this is just stupid and petty. And like, no, no. But I wish, I wish people who. Like obviously the company itself is not gonna like someone's gonna buy their molds and their products. Right, right. And then just continue it. But I wish the who owns Traxxas right now and who does shit like this, I wish these guys would just be gone. Because this is this isn't the things that like what the fuck is like they have been suing RC companies too. It isn't like they're just yeah. going for these relevant companies. Like they are going for RC companies too. So they it's not like they are building RC and then fighting other people. They're fighting everyone who's like even remotely like similar to them. Like that's, that's silly. That's it's silly. silly. It's stupid. Hell. And I wish all people who are inside RC would just stop supporting this company because this is all they do. Hard to do. I. They gotta stop doing this, man. They gotta. They, this is this is just silly. Like issuing HBO Max, like that's big yeah. money. They got enough money to throw like, like Traxxas. This isn't like Castle Creations that you're going up against. Like this is, yeah, this is like um, big time. Like you know, billions of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. And, and the thing, yeah, and the, and the thing is like, this specific case isn't the deal. What I why I'm saying the things I'm saying, the fact that they have been doing this to RC companies before, like their yeah. shock design, like inboard shock design. Yes, which isn't even remotely similar to a lot of the designs we've seen. They have been doing this to companies to, with name, like just like this silly thing, like it's with two X's, the Max, and mm -hmm. it's it's RC cars, not a fucking streaming service. So like <laughs> this this I've... similar type of shit is what they pull with RC companies too, and it's just so silly. Like it's dumb. It's crazy. With that said, if anybody out there wants to share that M uh, HBO Max with me because I can't get it, <laughs> please hit me up because <laughs> I can't get it. <laughs> I've tried. I want to see Justice League the Snyder Cut. Please. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. HBO Max doesn't stream in in Dominican Republic. Uh yeah, it doesn't. Uh, it, 
it doesn't like recognize my Bermuda credit cards and all that stuff. A, a lot of my streaming stuff, to, I have to get it from other people. Maybe you need to contact Traxxas. Maybe they're trying to get into streaming services now. Yeah, right. Yeah. Maybe Traxxas will put some money back into racing. But then again, do we want them in racing if they're going to be acting like this? Assholes. Yeah. I'm I'm just I'm just happy that all that Horizon is doing are sending these uh, cease and desist letters <laughs> because like that's much better than actually doing some lawsuits. <laughs> you know what? With that said, I actually happen to really like my Traxxas TRX. Well, right there, it's a great vehicle. But uh, excuse me, <laughs> now I've got hiccups. Traxxas is giving me hiccups. Yeah, for legal reasons, I don't discriminate anything about Traxxas and all of enough that. about Traxxas we gave them enough time today <laughs> moving on yeah. they're suing somebody that they're not gonna that's not even doesn't even make sense like oh, hey yeah. it's Traxxas doing Traxxas things yeah uh, I mean, luckily their audience isn't RC people it's people outside of RC well it's bashers and stuff like that. but yeah they're RC people but not racing people I get what you know but most of their most people who buy Traxxas cars will buy it and then forget about it yeah, it's too bad they can't get into racing from it. It'd be great. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I, best of luck, Traxxas, with that suit. Best of luck. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's it. Um, thank you, everybody. Thank you to Matt for his time. Thank you, Max, for answering the questions. Thank you for everybody that sent them in. Thank you to Brent for sponsoring that. Uh, thank you to all the NNRC squad around the world. We can't do it without you guys. Um, thank you for all the help. We appreciate it. Um, enjoy RCGP. If you know, if you're watching it, uh, if you ain't, uh, get that house of house of RC media package and join us and watch it. Fourteen ninety nine for the weekend, fourteen ninety nine a month or a hundred bucks for the season. Uh, patrons, thank you guys for your support. You guys got early release of this podcast. Uh, I'm. Uh, we'll see what happens there. Uh, next week when I get back from RCGP, uh, maybe we can get a patron only pod talking about the event going that would be good thank you guys for the extra support if you wish to be a patron the link is in the written description of this podcast also big shout out to the awesome companies that support and use the nnrc as a platform to advertise their business invisible speed tzo 200 tires high tech rc tnr fuels beach rc techno rc lugs racing tires mayako jqsm g-spec rc tuning Papa Willie's Traction Tonic, Racecraft USA, Clinic RC, RCGP, House of RC, JTP RC, David, shout out to David Ronafalk, who's here with me at RCGP, hopefully, if I'm talking about, if I'm not there yet, but hopefully he's here with me when you hear this. And um, thanks, Max, for your time, dude. Um, have a good weekend. Enjoy the RCGP coverage. I'll be chatting to you over the weekend. And uh, yeah, guys, if you want to help grow RC, sign up for the House of Media RC. Uh, RCGP package. House of RC, RC Media package. Dude, I'm, it's so many acronyms there, I've lost count. House of RC, <laughs> RCGP, PayPV, LOL. We are getting the hell out of her. That's it. <laughs> Nitro is the glory. E-Buggy pays the bills. If you ain't grinding and sliding, Max and Lefty are out.